Alleluia, Christ is risen. Amen. Our text for today is from our Sunrise Gospel, John chapter 20. We have the selection from Mark there in your bulletins. But in the Sunrise Gospel, we get just a little more detail. And that's one of the beautiful things about having not just Matthew, but also Mark and Luke and John, is you get all these different angles. You get these extra tidbits of information to roll, to weave, and to just one absolutely marvelous story. And the little tidbit of information we have here from John 20 is a little bit more information about Mary Magdalene. Mary, who had an extremely hard life, made a lot of wrong decisions, was herself even possessed by evil spirits, and Jesus plucked her, rescued her, literally not only from her body of death, but from the sin that resided within her. And and after that, she loved her Lord. She followed Him. She listened to Him. She served Him. Her Lord, her Master, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was, was her life. Who is He for you? And so she's the first recorded to go to the tomb While everyone is probably sleeping a lot, perhaps like some of our moms and wives who get up while the dads and the kids are, she's running to the tomb. Why? He's dead. He's been buried. It's been now three days. Don't count them as 24 hours, but three days by when the sun goes down. He's going to be stinky. What does she expect to find? A stone had been rolled over the front. There's no way she's going to be able to remove that. Why did she go? Well, I, why do you go to the cemetery to visit the grave of loved ones? Why do you go, perhaps, to visit places that you went with someone who is special that is no longer with you? Why is it it's such great joy to go travel back to the family farm or, or grandma and grandpa's house uh, Why do you pull out picture albums and reminisce? She wants some sort of contact with this man who has changed her life and she misses him dearly. And so she runs. Because that void has, well, it's not yet been filled. Maybe you've got that kind of void in your life and perhaps it needs to be filled as well. And she runs to the tomb, and, and we know there's others that come as well. There's other, other women, and a few of the men. But lo and behold, the stone, the big honking stone that sealed the tomb, along with the soldiers who were supposed to guard it that are nowhere there, by the way. The stone is rolled away, and the tomb is empty. But not as if it's been some sort of grave robbery because if someone were going to steal a body, why would they go through the whole process of unwrapping it? Ridiculous. It would take too long. Plus all the spices and stuff that they had put on Jesus, even in such haste, would have stuck to him like like glue. And the headcloth, even that one is folded up neatly by itself. They look into the tomb, but none of them 
get it just yet. In the midst of all the turmoil, there's, there's more and more questions. And John and Mark record some, some, some great stuff. The first is two angels that appear there in the tomb. We had this story for our preschoolers this last week. Who are you looking for? They ask. Well, Jesus, of course, He's not here. See where they've laid Him? But don't worry, He's going to come to you. You're going to see Him. He's going to go ahead of you to Galilee. So get on your really fast horses and go back and tell everybody else that Christ is risen. Oh, really? Christ is risen. Oh man, you're going to get the hang of it by the end of this service. This is a big deal. He who was once dead is now alive. Stone cold dead, now alive. Mary hangs back. John records. She stands outside the tomb. We know they're still terrified. We know they're still alarmed. I mean, I would be too if you saw a couple of angels. Everybody that sees angels in the Bibles, they, they kind of pee their pants, if you know what I mean. So she stands outside the tomb just trying to process all of that. I've seen that so many times as a pastor. Trying to process grief and all the other stuff going on. Maybe you've been there. Your mind doesn't always work like it's supposed to. And so she's there outside the tomb. She's, she's just, you know, what, what, what? Joy? He's alive, but I don't see him, but I've just seen angels, but, you know. Been there before? You just, uh, don't know what to say. And as she's standing outside the tomb weeping, guess who shows up? The angel said that, that he wasn't going to show up until Galilee. But you want to know how much Jesus cares about those who have faith in him? Because you doubt this sometimes, don't you? You doubt that he really cares about what's going on with you in your life. You think that he's high and mighty Jesus, stuck up in heaven, just doing his own little Jesus thing. He's out playing golf or fishing or, or too busy on his uh, smartphone to deal with you. But he takes notice of Mary, just as he takes notice of you, and he shows up. He shows up to her. You'd think that she would recognize him. I mean, it's still Jesus after all, right? It's not like he's like a two-headed alien. But she thinks he's the gardener. She thinks that he is the gardener. Now this is very interesting, I would submit to you, and maybe you haven't thought about this before, but what does a gardener in a cemetery do? Mows, trims, when the flowers go bad, picks them up and throws them away, keeps everything there, might even perhaps help with the opening and closing of the graves, kind of like a, a funeral home director and lawn care maintenance and and, and outdoor designer all kind of rolled into one. She thinks that he's a guy who deals with death on a regular basis. 
which should be a little insightful when you start to think about it. Because death is all that's on her mind, and I would submit to you, for us as sinners, that's often what's only on our minds. We're pessimists in that regard. We're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, the next bill to come, more bad news, this, that, or the other. And we get so worried, we get so stressed out about what's going to happen and da-da-da-da-da. And then we forget all the promises that our Heavenly Father has made. And we've forgotten that Christ is risen. Amen. Because if He's alive, it means that He is still here and available to come and help you. He wants you to open your eyes so you can recognize who He is. Mary doesn't recognize Jesus until he calls her by name. Mary. You know what? Just for fun, raise your hand if you've been baptized. If you haven't, come talk to me this week, please. Now, just for fun, all at once, say the full name you've been baptized with. You ready? One, two, three. Marcus J. McKay. You see, God called you that name in the waters of holy baptism. Part of the reason we practice infant baptism, one, babies are sinful and they need forgiveness. Two, they can have faith, as Scripture says. Three, they desperately need, especially little babies, they need the love that Jesus gives. And He did that for you when you began your life, hopefully. Or maybe your parents and others didn't get it and you didn't get baptized and called till later. But regardless, he's called your name just like he's called Mary's name. And then her eyes were open. Wow! Jesus is actually here! Christ is risen! So he's with you. You're clothed in the waters of holy baptism. Christ is with you. You can talk about living in your heart and all that stuff, but just just stick with the basics. He's clothed you with His righteousness. He's with you always. And He comes in other ways too. He comes in simple bread and wine. That He says is body and blood. He, He comes through these goofy guys up here that wear dresses, who speak His words. I forgive you. He comes to you in the form of your neighbor who might help you with various things you have in need. Maybe someone who put their arms around you when you experience death and loss, when you're depressed and dealing with heartache. He comes to you because that's what He's all about. The shedding of His blood. Paying the price for your sins and mine and giving you and me and the whole world, oh, oh, that the whole world may know this, that they may hear this. That because of what Christ has done, there is life. There is hope. And there is a future yet to come because just as He has risen from the dead and is alive, so shall all flesh. And all connected with Him, all with faith in Him, new heaven and new earth yet to come. And you won't find that listed in your 401k or your IRAs or any of your portfolios. You won't find it locked up in a safe deposit box or, or stashed under your bed. Because He comes here through His Word and the sacrament. He comes to you as you live in your life 
that you may know that, well, that there really is a gardener. It's the same one Adam and Eve were running from way back in the Garden of Eden. That you may know that there is a gardener who has sent his son, the seed of the woman, that Jesus would be buried, but yet that that seed would sprout to new life, to new growth, and that that would be his gift to you as well. Help, love, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. God grant us such a faith that our eyes may be opened like Mary, that we may see how he still comes to us, that we may hear and heed his promises, that we may recognize when, when we misplace our faith that we would repent and that we would come and loudly and longly simply say and believe, Christ is risen. Amen.